What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by Einswick Dog Quip, who is our good friend Jason Furman, and we are recording him now a new ad because it's very exciting to announce that he has Firepaw Mills now. That's pretty cool. Yep. So it's another brand of mill that he has. So he still has the HF mills. You can get those from him. And he's a distributor now for Firepaw, which is, a, I think they're a UK-based mill. And he's got the spring poles as well, I've seen. Yep. Spring poles. Spring pole mounts. All that, all the good gear. So everything you can do if you're into the GRC side of thing, which is really starting to take off around yep. the world now. Yep. Jason's got a lot of that gear available yep. on his website. Well, not his website. He hasn't got a website. No, he, doesn't he? Have he does website. Facebook. Bloody Facebook. You got to find him on Facebook. Einswick Dog Quip on Facebook. Get yourself on a bloody website, Jason. Yeah, Squarespace. Not that hard. Yeah. If you need anything, really, he's a distributor for Herm Springer. He can get you branded leashes, tugs, balls. If you need it in dogs, talk to Jason. Yeah, he's great contact in the field. Get you whatever you need. Einswick Dog Quip. Einswick Dog Quip. Einswick. Einswick. <laughs> Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. My name's Glenn Cook and joined in studio is my regular co-host, Pat Stewart. Hello. Hi. How you going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. That's good. Even though we've been sitting here with each other recording. It's hard to pretend it's the start when it's actually the middle. (laughs) (laughs) We've just recorded a Patreon episode with a special guest that we're going to announce. Do we announce it now or? I don't really see any problem in doing that. Yeah. How long is it going to take you to edit it? When's it going to be out? When do you want it out? Well, we may as well put it out straight away. There's no point in holding on to it. Okay. Well, we just did an episode with Jay Jack on a supplementary episode for our beloved Patreon supporters on the mill. Yeah. Uh, Pat did his episode on the mill and Jay loved it, as we all did. There was a lot of excitement about the mill and there was a lot of movement in the mill activities where people were starting to purchase them, hitting up Jason. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think Jason sold for the day after the mill episode. Probably. Something like that. More. More. And uh, which is great, it's really good. But Jay had some additional comments about the mill, which you can hear him discussing. Yeah. If you're a member of Patreon, I'm going to put it out and it's a gift for you guys from us and Jay. Thank you very much, Jay Jack, for Mm. reaching out to us and agreeing to do that on our Patreon episode. Mm. And as a supporter for Jay as well, Jay's got his GRC, which we're avid supporters of. It's a fantastic dog sport. Always give it a plug because I believe in it, not just because we like Jay, because it's a good um, idea. GRC is exceptional. Mm. Like it's a dog sport without borders. And it's quite exciting too, like all the spring pole work and the, uh, the, the mill work, of course. And Jay talks about some of his rehabilitation work in that. So as I said, it's all in the episode. I think you'll love it. I, we loved it. We really enjoyed doing it with Jay. And it just highlights... Jay's ability to deep think around yeah. some of these subjects. He's quite phenomenal at it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you, you go and have a listen to it. If you're not on Patreon, jump on there and, and check it out. And that everything I spoke about on the mill was, you know, I'm more in the obedience kind of set and bite work and that kind of thing. Mm. And Jay is doing a lot of the rehab sort of stuff. 
And at the end of the episode, I said, I'm aware that the mill can be used for extinction, yep. but I haven't done it myself. And then Jay, Jay messaged me and was like, that's pretty much what I'm doing with it. So he came on and explained his whole process. So that's pretty cool. You guys will be able to check that out. Yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. Speaking of Patreon, mm. what's going on there? You put a poll up on our Facebook site, mm. on the Canine Paradigm Facebook site, mm. suggesting to people that what do you want to hear? Mm. Like, what is it that you want us to start talking about? Because we don't want to just start throwing subject matter out there and people listening to it and going, oh, well, you're kind of off the target market there. You know, like that's it's interesting, but it's not really fascinating. Mm. What we want to do is, and what we want to touch on, what we want to make the educational process about on Patreon is what our audience wants, like mm. what our members want, what the people of Patreon want. So we're relying on you to tell us and that's the direction that we'll start heading in. And that's the poll that Pat put together. It ended up getting a bit debaucherous and going into all different directions. The, the and- problem is as, <laughs> as I guess you could describe us as larrikins and we're often smart asses to people. Yeah. When you... When, when you, you put want, a serious when, when you, you pose want, a serious question. Yeah, when you're trying to be serious <laughs> and everybody just wants to fuck you around and be a smart ass, yep. you can't complain too much when that's the culture that we've built. Mm. So it's a fun back and forth that we like to have and, with and people. I never want that to end. No, exactly. Way. You know, but, like part of our exactly hit the nail on the head, part of our culture is still having fun. Yeah. Let me pull out my phone and have a look because the highest the only thing that got added to the poll, we just put a couple of things on there to just to get the ball rolling and the only thing that got added, let me see if I've got this correctly. The only thing that got added and it so far has the second highest number of votes is all of the above. It's not like Pat has anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's not helpful, right? Yeah. And then there's all these comments about just do it all. Just do it, do all this stuff. And it's not, that's not helpful. We're asking for specifics of what you guys would like to see. I think. Well, I must admit, I put two smart ass responses on Yeah, exactly. On so this is the thing you I sabotage your own poll. <laughs> You, you know, they often say you've got to live with the monster you create when we're mm. talking about dogs and you have to live with the the smart-ass culture that you create <laughs> yes. as well when you actually like, guys, slow down, everybody. We're after a serious answer. Yeah. It's like when we had our discussion around the whole C-bomb mm. dropping episode and all of a sudden we had like a whole Just feedback. Just a flurry of, of yeah. swears. But I think one of the things like I'm keen to do with Patreon is – you know, there's a little bit of a controversy with Patreon going on at the moment that has pretty much settled. It's much of a t- nothing to do with us up. anyway. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with us, but it's but that- it is our close personal friend, Doctor yeah, Jordan Peterson. Our close personal and, friend, uh, Jordan Peterson. Is you left. know, like when he coughs, we get a cold. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so for people who aren't aware of it, Jordan Peterson and other people with perhaps controversial opinions mm. have left Patreon because there's potential for censorship on the on the platform. And that does not affect us uh, in any way, shape or form. Like I said in a, a recent post in that group when someone asked about it, I highly doubt that you know Patreon are concerned about the way that we're teaching dogs to position their head mm. or to use a slap mill is not something that's going to get us into trouble. And our drunken conversations would have to take a serious downturn and really delve into somewhere that they just don't go in order for us to be flagged on Patreon as being problematic for the community. Yeah. Well, I don't think we have, well, when I say don't think, we don't have an issue with gender bias or anything like that. So that's usually where all this is spiraling yeah. out of control right now. But anyway, I was then looking into Patreon 
and seeing if there is a, just out of curiosity, seeing how powerful it is, because I haven't looked into it that deeply, you know, we just set it all up and seeing if there was a competitor. But in my research into it is I didn't realize all the different media that you can do through Patreon and the different things that you can release. And it's quite versatile platform and we're not using it really to the the maximum of its capability. Mm. We just release, uh, we've done a few videos that are just YouTube links that we've put there. So they're like unlisted YouTube videos that I made and then sent you the link and you uploaded it. And the actual, the podcast content, which is just audio content, but you can do live video and you can do pictures and all kinds of stuff and you can set the tiers and adjust what part of your audience is going to see that. And so it just had me thinking like, Hey, what else could we do? Like, I don't want to put a bunch of effort into producing content that people aren't that interested in mm. or just think, oh, you know, like, oh, I don't care about that. Um, it's nice to have, but I don't really want it, you know? So what we wanted was serious feedback about what would you like to see come out of Patreon? What direction would you like the show to go in? Because realistically, you know, as we said, we, we're going to keep doing the show as long as people enjoy listening to it. Mm. And it's given us great opportunities for sure. We, we've made no, what did we say? We've made no attempts to hide that it certainly has increased our profile for sure and shown people we've had an opportunity to show people our ethos and training and skill and that kind of thing which is fantastic yeah it is look we're sharing in the outreach in the public which is absolutely fantastic but i mean what you just said before was exactly right we've made no bones about where we're going with this we've explained to people at the start that Patreon is monetized. Yeah. But the fact is, is that we're also tipping that back into the show. Like we're mm. improving the quality in what we're doing, the outreach, where we can go with it. I mean, we've got bills to pay and we're not trying to make this, it's your responsibility to pay our bills. What mm. we're just saying is that if you could help us, that'd be great. Because as I said, we can start paying people if we need to pay people. We can um, we can travel if we need to travel. We can take it on the road. We can do a, a bunch of stuff that we possibly couldn't have done before. Mm. Now, thanks to you guys supporting the show, we're tipping everything back from Pat and I have got our regular jobs mm. and Patreon supplements the podcast. So what we're earning out of Patreon is going back into what we the, the outreach that we can get into, the yeah. areas that we possibly couldn't have gone to before. Now we have opportunity to broaden that. I mean- you know, we're having business meetings on where we're, where we're taking it, where we're going, who we're going to speak to. I mean, there's a just a range of fascinating things that's going to happen because of it. So, like I said, really appreciate it. And I love the fact that people are um, – there's a few people on the that have started off at a low tier and then they've upgraded their tier. And I'm not trying to guilt people into doing that. But, you know, like they've sent us a message and a reason why they're doing yeah. that. And at the moment, there's nothing – we don't give anything extra away. Oh, it's a T-shirt for three months at the highest tier, but it, there's no incentive to do that other than that people just enjoy the, the show and have chosen to do it, which I think is really cool about how we've been doing it so far and that when someone, uh, you know, we've got numerous people that contribute $20 a month instead of the three that we asked for, mm. and it's just because they think it, the, the show is worth 20 bucks. Yep. They've, they've chosen to do that, which is cool, and that they can, they've made a, they're either, you know, financially able to or they've made a choice to, to do that, whatever it is. But yeah, it, Like I said, we're awesome. not guilting people into no, doing no, that. No, no, no. We, we, we appreciate everybody who's put in. Yeah, um, we asked for three bucks, and that's what we wanted for that's people. That's right. But something like I feel like what we've I'm really happy with, and it, it's tricky in the dog community. The dog community worldwide can be so segregated, and it's we've talked about that on the show so many times mm. about even in the bi 
fight sports, how in Australia where there might be 50 competitors, we've we've broken that into four different sections and no one will More. play with anybody else. Yeah, it's 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 madness. Yeah, a club of five people won't speak to anybody else because of... Uh, yeah. And so I'm loving that, and I, we get a lot of feedback on that the show has created a community feel and that's awesome. It's great. That's, that's largely our intent was to try and unify people a little bit and show that, you know, we all have the same either job or hobby or whatever it is. We're all on the same path. We all enjoy dog training. That's what we're, we're a dog training show. And so the problem that we face with that discussion group is there's loads of questions that come into that. Mm. And it's more than like we can really allocate the time to answering because there's some actually really detailed questions. So there's like people who we might say something on the podcast, like recently, you know, talking about surfing the brink of extinction in order to strengthen a behavior and, and finishing sessions at the highest point. And then there's numerous posts now in that discussion group asking questions about that. And they're not one line answers. They're not the sort of thing that yeah. you can just go, Oh, this, right. And, and then it's what what is really cool is that other people answer those questions. It's not like it behoves us to every every time get in there. But when people address us directly, you certainly do feel compelled to have to answer that because we're just part of this community. We're the dickheads that get to talk, but we're just part of it. And mm. when someone asks you a question directly, you really do feel compelled to answer it. But what annoys me is that, you know, the way Facebook works is that question just gets buried. So someone might ask a really detailed question really specific and I might give them an hour of my time answering it and thinking about it and typing it out into Facebook and then it's a reply to their comment and maybe they and two or three other people see it and then it's buried and so it's not really providing the answer to the community and then what kills me and we've all joke about this and we laugh about it but i'm getting asked the same fucking questions about the, the dimensions box. of the box well not just the dimensions of the box at least that's just a joke now yeah but people i've had to explain the process to people and so like i like you know i made another post last night saying i'm doing individual lessons like you have to contact me and i like, don't think that's actually a joke like no the, the reality behind that is that you take anybody on any radio program, TV, or any type of media around the world in any format. Mm. If they give free content, like our close personal friend Jordan Peterson, he does mm -hmm. a free podcast and he does one with Ben Shapiro and he appears on multiple platforms with multiple people. Yeah. But if you want him specifically, you got to pay for his time. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with that. So I think that if you want to learn specifically about the box or about aggression or about Napopo or anything like that, like if you want personal time on that you're not going to get it in a facebook forum yeah so i mean it means that you have to invest in time to reach out and speak to the relevant person and mm. say hey can i book you for an hour session can i do a skype call with you can you come around to my place or can i come around to your place and we can work on this problem because it's something that i'm fascinated in interested in having a problem in etc 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 yeah and that's when unfortunately that's when it converts to a lesson like let's take for example the school learning system okay mm -hmm. the, the educational system if your child is in school and they're in public school or private school doesn't really matter but they're taught in a class format okay so the teacher will get up and they'll teach the relevant lesson if your child's falling behind because of learning difficulties or whatever, that means that the parents have to invest further in tutors and so forth like mm. that. That just means that that's the pathway that you have to choose. Mm. So it's the same thing when I ran classes for, for dog training. When we were doing uh, multiple group classes, 
anybody who was struggling with the curriculum, I would say to them, I've got 10 minutes at the end of the class that I can go through it with you. Or if you need further information on it, like if you're really struggling, I suggest a private lesson. Mm. Now, that wasn't to hook them. That was to show them that here's the curriculum. If you can't keep up with it and you, that you do need special attention on it, I really believe the best thing for you is a one-on-one lesson. You know, like it's no secret I've uh, I've said it to people before. I've started BJJ. I've You've joined, joined the cult. I've joined the cult and I'm loving it. I'm having a really good time apart from the injuries. But I do love it. I love the concept of it. But I've also invested in hooking up some private lessons with uh, the head instructor there. Mm-hmm. So I've said to him, you know, look, I don't know my game. I don't know. I'm flailing around a bit on the on the bottom. I really love some. You would I'm, like to become an aggressive power bottom? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like in time, in a long time, I could learn that. You know, like in a year's time, I could probably learn that. But why take a year yeah. when I can shortcut that and I can get him to show me in some one-on-one time yeah. that I can pay him for his time? And he's not modest about the fact that he's charging about it and mm. I'm not ridiculous about the fact that I'm going to pay the guy to do it. I want to do it. I want his time and I'm prepared to pay him for doing that. Yeah. So I'm not being greedy about this, guys. I'm not turning around, but, you know, this is outside the podcast. This is our jobs. Yeah, that's the thing. That That's the reality of it. And I suppose I, I do feel I am uncomfortable sort of having to say to people, hey, no, I have to charge you for that. I, I, I think it has to do just personally in that, you know, when I was growing up, not when I was growing up like as a kid, but like when I was a young adult, when I was in the army, is mm. there is no exchange of money in the army. You just get a pay, you get paid every two weeks. We don't deal in money. Yeah. Um, and we don't ask people, you know, it's not like, you know, I was part of a special recovery operation into Timor and it's not like when we arrived at the UN that day, we were like, hey, we need you guys to pay us before we can rescue you. Like yeah. it's not, that's just not how it goes. It's not how- part of the service yeah like you don't there is an there is an economy to it but as a soldier you're not involved in that at all you just get paid regardless of what you do your job yeah you get you do your job no matter what else is happening in the space yeah and so for me it now outside of that like i just you know i didn't it wasn't being formed in that environment and so i do find it it is awkward it is uncomfortable then to say to people like hey i can't i don't have the time for that but what is happening especially with the box stuff which was such a throwaway episode like as we just discussed with jay like we had you know hardly any listeners it was episode four we were starting off like we were just weren't even sure if there's going to go anywhere that's when we really were two dickheads with microphones well i don't it's it's important to remember we are just dickheads. we're we're next level dickheads with microphones (laughs) uh we got we have better microphones (laughs) and we we check that they're plugged in every time before we just start talking but so but then there's there's obviously there's the questions that i see online but then there's the the the, the messages that come into my Facebook page and Instagram and my personal Facebook and the emails all over the same sort of thing. Mm, mm. And it, I just can't, and everybody's circumstance is different because it's not like I can just have a, a template and send them, here's the answers because I already have that. That's the, that's the episode, but people want a nuanced response to their circumstance. So right? like my dog is doing this, how do I fix this? So it's not like I can just go cut paste. Here's the answer. And, and if right. I could do that, I would, yeah. that's, I would happily do that. But I can't because I've it's individualized. Already, yeah, so I already yeah. have that. That's the episode. And if you've listened to the episode, aside from saying like listen again, there's some other videos I can send. But all those videos are out there, and like I'm getting better at it. I have a folder on my phone with all those links, and I can just cut and paste that and send you that. But if you still don't get it, 
and all those are you know those are available to people it's not like they're hidden links they're not hidden mm. videos they're public videos on 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 youtube you can look up my youtube channel just search my name they're all there but yeah it's a case of like i just don't have the time to do it yeah but what i was thinking with patreon is you know i could allocate time like i could say all right well and it's just one of the ideas i had and i'm not even set on this but I, if people want it i'm happy to do it is we could do you know, on Patreon, you can go live and I could answer the questions, you know, do an hour every two weeks or whatever. The problem would be finding when to do that, that where people can actually watch, but you don't have to watch live. You can watch it later. Mm. But if you're the specific question answer, it would be helpful to be live. So you can give me feedback on whether I've answered your, your question sufficiently. But yeah, we could do something like that. And that's not to say we're going to do that, but if people are interested in that, that we can, you know, yep. like, but we need feedback about whether that's something people are interested in. Because again, you know, Patreon's quite discreet in showing you how much, like you just get the name of the person that has signed up. And so a lot of the times people might ask these questions in Facebook and I don't know whether they're in Patreon or not. You know what I mean? It's not mm. easy to look that up, especially not in the app. So then I don't know whether those people are in a position to answer those, to ask those questions and have them answered in Patreon. Like they might not be in there and then I, I might be talking to nobody. You know what I mean? Like mm. I could be answering a question that isn't being asked. Yeah, so that's that's a point. That's just something that, you know, it's worth getting the feedback. Hey, you're talking about your guilt on asking for money for certain things. Well, it's not things. guilt. It's just a little bit uncomfortable. Well, That's- yeah, your uncomfortability around it. I think that you and I are very benevolent in a lot of fields where, I mean, we both answer a lot of questions during mm-hmm. our own private time. I speak to people, you speak to people, and it's like it's on a regular occurrence, almost daily, where people are messaging me and going, hey. Um, it's more. It's 100% daily <laughs> More than one person a day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's frequently and daily. Yeah. Like I just had somebody message me now about boarding kennels because mm-hmm. um, they want to know a question about boarding kennels. That's just that's happening now while I'm on the show. Like I've got a list of things that I've got to speak to somebody about. I do it for the PIAA. I'm a volunteer. I'm a director of the PIAA, which is the Pet Industry Association of Australia. I sit on the board of directors with people from Mars, pet stock so a lot of big companies but we all give our time freely Mm. and we all answer questions freely and we all try and work in a benevolent field to try and serve our members Mm. and it's exactly the same thing that we want to try and do here but some of the questions i guess and this is a good thing for people who are running their own business you will be facing this similar thing as well is how much benevolence do you extend to people yeah. and when do you look at saying hey hang on i need to i need to turn this into a dollar figure here yeah. unfortunately because i am a business and you know like a lot of people will readily take your time they'll take as much as you give them and it's not that they're bad people no. it's just that they're not doing anything wrong they're just doing they're just taking what they can get mm. which most of us tend to do i would do it with other people like if people were prepared to sit down for six hours and talk to me about a topic without charging me and it was a, a fascination topic for me i would take the time to do it yeah uh, however some people won't do that they'll just say look i'm prepared to give you 15 minutes beyond that i'm going to have to turn the meter on mm. fair enough and that's the basically the way it works. Mm. So there will be times where you get your your free coffee. There's other times where you have to pay for your lunch. Yeah, it's tricky. Like the 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 thing I find hardest about it is, say if someone posts a video of them doing something with their dog and they've misinterpreted what you you or I have said, and they're going to cause a problem. And yep. so you you have like a moral obligation then to to be like, hey, that's not you've misinterpreted. And stop now before you make your dog food aggressive, feeding it in the box that way. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yeah, sure. You, there, there's lots of... And so you're stuck then. It's like, 
fuck. Like I, and I, now I have to explain it. Yeah, and it's mm. like shit. Like because I can't just watch this unfold. I can't watch this house burn down while I've got the capability to go in there and sure. put the fire out. Like I can't do that. Yeah. So that's the tricky part. That's just where, you know, I love the community we're building. It, it's it's really good. It's really fun, and we get so much feedback from people saying that. You know, I've had dozens of messages, and it's really a similar format where people were, you know, I've ostracized myself because I've had a bad experience in the dog training world, which I think everybody that's been in the dog training world for more than five minutes has had. Mm. And therefore they're like, fuck everybody. I've put myself into a bubble and either on the cusp of giving up as a dog trainer, or I am just going to isolate myself and admit that I can't improve my skills in any way. And then they've found the show through whatever means and have found a community like a worldwide community now that isn't necessarily like physical, but certainly online. Like there's a, there's good banter. There's people who are forming friendships and, you know, through our Facebook groups, there's people back and forth enjoying the same joke with each other that don't know each other. That's right. They're just having a, like shooting the shit with fellow professionals. Mm. I made a joke one day on someone on Chad's podcast about, you know, how like my business is, it's me. And therefore, like, the Christmas party is pretty small. (laughs) But I think there's a lot of people who work in this industry that are the same. Like, especially if you're in a a regional area and you're the dog trainer in that regional area, it can be really hard to develop the – you have to hang out with professionals of your type. You have to. Like, you have to be able to grow in that way. You have to be able to bounce ideas back and forth. Mm. And the problem with most online communities, it's interesting to me how the way different platforms work. Like YouTube is so aggressive. You want to see swears. I tell you what, like (laughs) I didn't realize how toxic the culture is on YouTube. What we have is with the video series, right? The puppy raising. You mean the comments underneath the comments? Oh oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Some people disable them because they become. Well, let me tell you a story, right? So when, when we started, when I released that video series, the puppy raising one, didn't know anything about internet marketing or whatever. And this guy said to me, the, the company that put, built the website for us, he said, what you should do is get your promo video and change the name of, to each breed of dog in this thing and then release it under that name. So we, what we have is the same video on YouTube. I think there might be 20 versions of it, right? And it's the same like three minute video, which is essentially an ad for the video series, but it's named Doberman Training. Springer Spaniel training, Staffy training, Dash Hound training. That's what the name of the video. And so if you Google Staffy training, you find this because dog training is dog training. Behavior is behavior. It doesn't like the mat, the breed only, you know, counts so much as like biological fulfillment, but yep. you know, learning theory is learning theory, whether you're applying it to a starfish or a dog, it doesn't, doesn't make any difference. Uh, and so we have these videos that says it, the video, say for example, is called great Dane training. And it's me at the start. And it says, if you're looking for advice on how to train your great Dane, you're on the right track. And then everything else is the same after that. And we say in it, regardless of breed, right? And the comments, I, if you have some time, I turned off the notifications. I haven't looked at it in years, but the comments we got. And the first time we got one, when people like just, vitriol that's not a great day and you fucking moron like what kind of why would i look into your video and like why would i take your advice on training when you don't even know that that's a springer spaniel (laughs) not a great day and the first time i got one of those i was like holy shit like i i didn't know i'd never posted anything on youtube before i'd never used that platform Mm. i was like wow 
that that that's some venom in that. Holy shit. And then it just kept coming. And there were more and more and more. We've got dozens of these videos. And by now, they've had probably thousands of views, depending on which one. And the comments are horrendous. And now I look at them, I laugh. Right? But when I first got them, I was like, holy shit. This mm. is – people are mad at me for, for mislabeling that video. Right? Like, how dare I use marketing techniques? <laughs> I've said it many times, and I maintain this platform, that the internet paved the way for letting the insane into your living room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, before, it was quite hard for them to get their word out. And I've read some things on Reddit, which says that 98% of the stuff on the internet is manufactured by insane people. Yeah. And, you know, before they used to just walk around the streets ringing a bell with a sandwich board. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that person is like now has power, mm. you know, because they're relentless. Like a lot of people, most of the population just won't bother. Mm. But the insane are intrigued by it. You mm. know, like they've got something that that stirs them on. Like they feel like they've got an injustice that needs to be righted. But, mm. I mean, it's all in their head. Yeah. Well, so that, that's where I was going with this is that, you know, YouTube has such a – the comments are so distasteful. It's a hateful place. Mm. But – and then it creates a mob mentality too. Yeah. And a lot of Facebook groups are like this as well, especially dog training ones. You see people post, you know, asking genuine questions or they are looking for real feedback and they just get just get nailed mm. uh, by other dog trainers who fucking should know better, right? Who shouldn't be treating people like that. And we've done nothing to moderate that our Facebook group. I think I've deleted one post and it was just because uh, someone was posting just their own video with no context, sharing it off their page. You remember what I'm talking about? Like yeah, yeah, early I remember. Days. And it just yeah. had no context. It just made no sense. Yep, so I was like, I'm, I'm ditching this because it made no sense. But we haven't moderated anything in there and we haven't had an issue. And I think, what is there, a thousand odd people in there in that group or um, more? I think nearly 2,000. 2,000. And yeah. we haven't really vetted anyone either. You look at the success we've enjoyed in the Balance Symposium. Mm. And that has been heavily vetted. Heavily, heavily vetted. vetted. Yeah, you know, and I mean, you can't get in the balance symposium if you're a, if you're a lunatic yeah. or somebody that enjoys creating controversy. Like you just cannot get in there. Mm. And even if you do get in there and you're asleep for a while and then you surface and start making some waves, you're out. Mm. Like our admin team will will find you and they or if they see you mouthing off online somewhere else and bringing our reputation down, you'll be booted. Mm. We're quite proud of the fact that we're going to do that as well. Yeah. Because it's sanctuary. It's not contrived. It's sanctuary for people who do enjoy the company of each other mm. and feel safe discussing concepts and techniques and speaking about art forms in training without feeling like they're going to be burned at the stake over it. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting, right, how we have two groups – you started the Balance Symposium and we have the, the discussion group for this podcast and they really run polar opposites. There's no, there's almost no vetting to get into the podcast group. You just, I approve everybody that goes, yeah, I might read if they've answered the question or not, but I just approve them. I know. And you um, just put that question on there this week. Yeah. I've noticed mm. that. Mm. And with Balance Symposium, you have to know someone. Someone has to- Yeah. It's, uh, like, the, it's like a secret fraternity. Yeah. Someone has to vouch for you. And it's are, funny, you know, because people now join the Balance Symposium and say, oh, I heard about it on the podcast. Yeah, and they think, yeah. oh, that automatically gets yeah, me in the I'm door. In. No, dude, that does not <laughs> automatically get you in the door. Yeah. You need to go through a vetting station before you get let in. Yeah. And that's generally me. Like I read and research who you are and yeah. do a little bit of work behind it and start asking people, do you know this dude? Yeah. You know, like you've got to know people to get in. Well, and the idea there was that you didn't want- Dude or dudette, I should dude say. Dude or dudette, yeah. Yeah. We didn't want- 
people getting in there just to, to cause fuckery. You wanted people to feel free to express themselves in there and not be concerned that someone it's was sanctuary. going to... It is. Yeah. It's sanctuary. But similarly, like we have the same thing or similar happening in the podcast group with no vetting and uh, it's something to do with the the community that this podcast has developed or that it is is people who are drawn to it or maybe it's the fact that people are, tend to be a reflection of the way that they they see people and the way that they're treated. So they see us joking around with people but generally being pretty sincere and then choose to act that way in that group and go be fuck go be fuckers somewhere else in in a different group or exactly. whatever. And I mean and same principle applies if you are that person that comes in the group and starts to create waves, it's a quick ticket out. Yeah, but we I've, we've haven't removed any. We haven't had any issues in there. We haven't There's had been, any issues. There'll be, there will be now. Someone will get in there and be like, "Hey, I'm your first issue. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> right? And then and someone will do that. It'll be funny, and they'll get a bunch of laughs, and it'll just be a lo- like that's the community. That's the culture that's in there. I guess we're like you know where we're going with all of this is Adrian, who started listening to the show, asked us to talk about building community. our close personal friend Adrian Little. Yes. Mm. Yes, Adrian Little, our close personal friend. Yeah. She messages and has only started re- listening to the show fairly recently. Like She's up to the 30s, I think. She's right. into the 30s. Yeah. So she's, she's making headway into it. And said that as a trainer, We met her at IACP. She yeah. had a little sausage dog. That yeah, I remember. If yeah. any of you guys were there, she did the paper plate race. And she brought a little little sosso there that was doing these mad flips at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone was losing their shit because this little sosso would run back and then do this mad yeah. Randy flip by her side. So, yeah. yeah, it was really cool. So she asked about how do you build community and because she's working largely in isolation at the moment, right? Yeah, she just moved to Texas and she's working with a gun dog group learning gun dog training. Mm. Mm. So the answer then is I don't really know, but I... I I think that we have done a reasonable job of that. I think that I'm enjoying the community for sure. It's opened up a, a wealth of opportunities for us mm. and I'm really enjoying, you know, talking to people and, and hearing back from people. And I really, I want to do more of that and I want to find a way to do more of that. Mm. Well, I have experienced now in building community because I've been successful in it before. Mm-hmm. And I think the way to do that is you don't stifle people, mm. but you also, like I said, you you create a sound environment where people do have sanctuary and they're not feeling like, well, if I say something, I'm not going to get torn apart for it. Mm. Like there have been people in, especially in the early days of the Balance Symposium where we were finding our direction, there were a few personalities in there that were a little bit aggressive in their in their comments mm-hmm. and people felt shut down about that and they'd message me about it you know like because I'm the head administrator and the owner of TBS people would reach out to me and say hey you know look I'm not going to say anything and I said don't be like that mm. you know like don't be that person who says one thing gets a negative comment and then gets shut down I said that's going to happen all your life I said in yeah, order yeah. to experience growth and and to be able to make a difference in this community, what you really need to do is is take your lumps. And I said, because look, I've had plenty of them. Mm. I've had plenty of haters in this industry, people who just don't like who I am or what I'm about. And I think every single dog trainer is going to experience that. If you stand for something, that will enrage some people and it will um, yeah. rally others. You know, like the remote trainer, for example, mm. that's a, always going to be a controversial topic, especially where you've got people misrepresenting it all over the world. Yeah. But, you know, we haven't, like we talk about e-collars on the, on the show, 
I'm traveling the world teaching people how to use them. Mm. We've had no negative feedback. And, and like I said, we haven't had anybody get in the group and say that we're monsters. Uh, we haven't had any of that because I think the way that we present the information is here it is, take it or leave it. We're not, this isn't the, the only way. This isn't even necessarily the best way. It's our way that we're aware of. Yeah. Which is unique, right? However, I think there are a lot of people who would oppose us aren't actively joining our culture as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, we've invited people on the show where we've said, you know, we'd like to speak to somebody from that has a different take on learning. Uh, what do you call it? Learning theory? Or? Yeah, learning. Th- not not so much the learning theory side of it, but their, their um, ethos. Their ethos. That's the word. Yeah. Mm. Their ethos in training is we've invited somebody who has a different ethos in training and people haven't come on the show, mm. you know, like they haven't come in to have the debate. We're still interested in doing that. We are still interested in having that debate on a show one day. Yeah. Of course, we don't want to turn it into just a shit-slinging match where it just becomes a fight. We want to have a proper debate. Yeah. Like talk to somebody who's salient in what they've got to say, who's intelligent and uh, who doesn't get upset if it doesn't go their way. Yeah. And, and in saying that, it might not go our way either. You know, somebody might get on and they might have some absolute poignant points that we look at and think, well, I just got schooled. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. I think that's that's really something to look forward to. Yeah. I love learning things from people. You oh. know, like I, I really enjoy getting an education. I went through a little phase, we talked about it a couple of times. I went through a little phase recently where I was engaging with a lot of uh, force free trainers and just trying to understand points of view and whatever. And it just peters out because the good ones, the really good ones, acknowledge that the limitation. Yeah, and at the end of the day, they just say, I just don't want to do that. And who am I to tell them how and how they should I, I train agree. a dog? Yeah. And the, the really outspoken ones can't train a dog for shit. And yeah. and we can all see that. So it's like, you know, there, there's people who, uh, it's just their brand. And the reason that they manage to get themselves popular is because they're the anti-e-collar, they're the anti-prong-collar guy. They make it the anti-cruelty movement, which yeah. is just... But they're not actually doing anything good with their dog. Like even their own dogs are reactive and like they're not actually doing anything impressive. And the people who are the true force-free dog trainers and are really good at using just positive reinforcement are great at it and are great dog trainers. And all of them, the really good ones, acknowledge that they won't have the reliability that someone who's prepared to uh, proof behaviors would have. And so the debate just... <laughs> it, it falls away there the, at that point. Yeah, that's yeah, it. You it just, does fall away. At that I just point. kind of then say, "Well, thank you for the conversation. Uh, hope to hope You've to bump into you one day." That I already knew. Yeah, and, and and they're the same. Like, and it's just that they don't want to. They don't. They just. That's just. I don't feel that I need to. They mm. don't have dogs, and you know, a lot of them will tell you that they have a hundred percent reliable dogs, and in their circumstance, yeah, they do. You know, I would hate to see if their dog ever left that circumstance and, and they may or may not be reliable. You know, like your variable schedule of reinforcement can only get you so far. There will always be something else. But but if you don't ever encounter that and you manage your life to never encounter that and you mm. never put yourself in a situation where you never encounter it, then there's you're, you're potentially doing great. And there are other factors around that as well that people have got to consider is that they have a certain type of dog that is responsive in a lot yeah, of environments. Like yeah. it's well socialized, well bred. There's... Like it's stacked in their favor in so many ways. That's right. And they're obsessive about training. Yeah. Like they train, 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 train all the time. Like they spend the, the right amount of time training the dog. They yeah. communicate well. They're really effective, good communicators, good trainers in every aspect. 
and yet they restrict their dogs from being involved in that competing motivating audience. Yeah, exactly. So or then, environment, I should say. So this is the issue that we face is that that, that debate is just... Well, I don't want to. Okie doke. We still like, agree to disagree. Yeah, that's right. At the it's, end of the day. That's how it goes. Yeah, so it's not it's that a, interesting. It's a, it's, I guess, yeah, well, I guess you're right. At the end of the day, <laughs> it isn't really that interesting because it boils down to the fact that we may support that there are alternatives in training yeah. and yet choose not to do them anyway. That's right. And I think more than anything, it just comes down to the standard that you accept. Like there's people who are saying, you know, I don't need 100% reliable behaviors and it's like okay cool like fair enough you if you're you're happy with that like if you if you never take your dog off leash or if the only time you take your dog off leash is where he can't go fentanyl mm. like what you know actually i was thinking on the way out here in the future you should get the sound bite of the guy screaming fenton and if one of us were to swear or if we say someone's name that we is want to perfect it out, <laughs> that's you perfect replace it with fenton that's perfect that will be the bleep Perfect. Let's both swear right now and you can do it. On three, ready? One, two, three. Fenton! (laughs) (laughs) And all they heard was Fenton. That's right. That's so good. And for the people who say, you know, now that you've said that I know what you said, but did we? Yeah, you don't know what we we? said under there. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know. It's blanketed by something. It's only your filthy imagination that has conjured up a thought. Oh, you So it's like Schrodinger's box or Schrodinger's cat. (laughs) Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, you just don't know what's inside the box. Yeah, we swore and didn't swear at the same time. So you only know by opening the box. Many worlds theory. You could could literally make your brain explode if you think about that too much. And it's a long way from dog training. But as I say, so there's- Not a, really. It's relatable well, to there's some training. stuff. It is. But many worlds theory, I'm not sure about that. Mm. As I was saying, if you never put your dog in those situations, then you don't need it. And I acknowledge that. That's fine. Yep. And if, you, if that's just where your ethics lie, that's not where my ethics lie because I know I can use these tools in a way that my dog stays motivated. As we've talked about numerous times on the show, especially with Michael Ellis, like the measure, dogs can't fake looking happy. Mm. They would never choose to fake looking happy. So- if the dog looks good, then I've got no issue with what you do in your training. Yeah, Larry Crone was talking this about this the other day in his short little snippet he did online where yep. he talks about all his initial training is positive only. Yeah, yeah. And then positive he, first, my friend. Positive first. Positive first. Wow, that old chestnut. Yeah. I'm still wrapped about how many people are reaching out to me about the fact that they are loving the concept of positive first. Like yep. regardless of the, of the debate around it, mm. They're saying to me, look, I get it. I understand what it means is that you're you're saying that you still will use Lima, which I absolutely will, mm. but I'm still approaching the dog from a positive first aspect. When mm-hmm. people call some people called me out and said, you know, like you did an episode with a with a dog where you were correcting the dog. I was correcting the dog. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was correcting the dog. The lab you're talking the about. The lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the lab needed it. It needed the correction in order to remove yeah. the behavior. Okay. However, that wasn't my first interaction with the dog. My first interaction with the dog was finding out clicker acquisition with the dog, like mm. finding out what marker acquisition was. So, I mean, my first introduction to that dog was a positive first introduction. Yeah. When I met the owner and I was talking to the dog inside the shed, I was hanging out with the dog and we were playing with with clicking and throwing food around the shed. Mm. So, it was a positive first encounter. And that's what, if you don't understand that, like you really have looked past that to your own bias Mm. in saying, I don't like the word because it's different from what I know. Mm. Okay. Positive first. I don't want to make this a whole positive first because we've talked about it anyway. But positive first means that your encounter with with any 
species that you meet, like if you meet someone for the first time and you have a positive look on your face and a positive outreach towards them, the result in that will possibly mean that you will have a positive encounter with that person. Like Mm. that person will probably greet you in the same sort of manner. Like they'll find it difficult to show you any poor exchange or bad exchange between the two of you. Yeah, That's primarily where the positive first campaign is primarily focused around is try and start on a positive foot you know like look at it what how can i make this first interaction with the animal in training positive so we start to improve the relationship between us from the get-go yeah and at the minimum that's just establishing a marker so show the dog, hey, this is how i can communicate to you that you're on the right track and we show you this is how i'm going to do that and now we, we go okay and this is me communicating to you that you're on the wrong track and once you're no longer on the right track, on the wrong track, I can show you you're on the right track, and I need to have that positive marker installed in the start. Yeah, Simp- simples. It's yeah, not that hard. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I did want to talk about is that I put a video up in my Instagram the other day. Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So not everybody would have seen the video. Happy to put it up on the Facebook page if people want to have a look at it. It was a a session I was doing with Randy where he wasn't doing terrific behavior. And he was in a, in a few things. Like It's like all dog training is sometimes you'll go out there and you'll get um, a series of behavior um, work that goes really well, mm-hmm. um, which is usually what people like to put up. They like to, um, they like to put filtered training up. Mm. And I specifically said training without filters. That was the, the header. You know, make mistakes, own them, move on. And I asked, a few people looked at it and they said, oh, it was really interesting. Love the flip that he does, blah, blah, blah. Which Randy does an impressive flip when he's in prime mm. condition. Like when he's not petered out and he hasn't been running around for 10 minutes, which he was. He was running around the field. Then we did some obedience in between. And that was one of the takes that I did. But I actually wanted him a little bit fatigued because I wanted to see if he would still respond to it. And I was trying not to do the no more, one more time rule, the principle that I quote quite frequently on the show. Mm-hmm. But- the first flip that he did was quite good, except he poured me as he came in. Mm-hmm. The second one that I asked him to do was lazy, like he was sloppy in doing it. And not many people commented about it. Not many people said to me, oh, man, that you know, like I can see why you waited there and, and why you were corralling into different behaviors because that first initial, sorry, the second um, heel position that I asked him to do he did this mediocre flop instead of a flip. Mm. So he just sort of came halfway around and it was real lazy about it. And I said to him, uh-uh. So I cued him to say to him, you're not getting anything for that dude. So mm. it was a non-reinforcement marker to say that was poor performance. Nothing's going to happen for that. So he reflipped by my side, which he corrected himself, but I wasn't ready to pay that yet. Mm. So then I made him drop. And when he dropped, he looked down at the ball, which was on the ground. So I thought, no, nah, you're not getting that either. Then I asked him to sit and he did that perfectly, which I released him straight away. So mm-hmm. I gave him a terminal mar- uh, terminal marker to say, done, episode finished, go get your toy. However, these are important things that people have got to realize is that even though you've got a plan, the plan's not going to always go to fruition every single time. Never. It never does. And what you've got to realize is when you listen to Jay talking about his dog on the mill working like a desensitization to aggression and so forth, you'll hear his explanation of why he does what he does. Mm. And there are certain aspects in training that we've got to realize that we're doing 
we're prolonging exercises or we're doing it a certain way because you've got to teach the dog what you just did was not payable. There's no reinforcement for that type of behavior. You really need to do something impressive before you're going to get it. Mm. Now, I could have worked him in the the flip heel a little bit more, but he was fatigued at that point in time. And I thought, there's no point in making him do something which I'm only going to get more lazy work in. I've got to find something now that he's going to do proficiently and fast that he can reach success in. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. You obviously don't want to create a behavior chain in you know doing a, a behavior poorly and then being rewarded anyway. And you don't want to then do a behavior poorly, reward the dog, and then go back into the same cycle. You don't want mediocrity in that behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And Esther's, Esther's one, she's very big on don't break your chains. Yeah. Mm. And that's true. Personally, I like to do it a little bit differently. I don't mind the dog creating mistakes because this is that perfect practice. So I address the mistake as it happens with with pressure to do it properly. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the example I always use on this, it's, it's a little bit separate from what you were saying, but- this is Nipopo. This is the crux of it. This is where it pays off. Is Imagine I'm healing and my dog is looking up at me. Everything's great. And then he looks down. And at that point, most people would say you, you can't afford for him to look back up and continue healing. And then you reward when he's looking up because you create the chain. You create the chain of he looks down, he looks up, continues, and then you'll never have good healing. Mm. I agree with that. 100% I agree with that. But if you're willing and capable to use some pressure... What I do at well, that point. Well, that's the difference, isn't it? Like if you've got the ability to yeah. make the dog learn the lesson there through yeah, pressure, that, exactly. that's the beneficial point. And, and it's tricky. But I didn't have the ability to add pressure to it, which would have failed in my training Yeah, program. that's exactly Had it. I, so, yeah, if I could have applied pressure at that point in time, perfect. Yeah. No, no problems. But And that's where the... Well, that's the nuance in training, being able to tell mm. when you can do that. Because in healing, if the dog looks out of the healing, then... It's correct that I should then, when he looks back up, say, yes, this is healing, this is correct, but no primary reinforcer for you. Let's start again and let's reward you, let's give you the reinforcer prior to you making the error. Yep. And then your perfect practice is perfect because there aren't mistakes that made. And I don't feel like that's the best way because what I'm happy for the dog to do is make errors, let me address them, start again. And so when I'm healing, if my dog looks out of the heel... Yep. I apply pressure till he comes back up into the hill and I immediately reward the moment he's there. And then what I hear people say is, oh, well, you, you're just creating a chain. And I agree. Yeah, I certainly am. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm happy for that. And what I know for sure is my dog will at some point go, I'm sick of this healing bullshit. I choose to look out in order to feel the pressure, in order to come back, in order to be rewarded, in order to stop it. But what they forget is that I can control the volume of the pressure. Mm. And everybody that understands, everybody... Uh, and you can also correct the dog for that too because the dog knows that it did it. Well, that's right. But so this is what people forget when they're using pressure. Everybody has heard the term escape and avoidance mm. and people forget to go to avoidance. They stay in escape. Yep. And so my dog will happily escape the pressure. That's mm. no problem because in the popo means that the pressure announces a positive. In yep. fact, he seeks out the pressure. Yep. He finds, like you say, my dog finds the hardest way to do anything. Yep. Anything that you, Any task that you put before him, he's like, oh, I'll find the hardest way to do this because that means a higher value reward when I've done it. Yep. When he's alone, like we were in the training shed, we do nothing, he climbs onto the roof of the fucking training room because he's like, <laughs> this looks hard. I'll yep. do that for no reason. There's nothing up there for him to get. He just chooses to seek out difficulty. So that's fine. He, he will always escape pressure. He intentionally finds pressure in order to escape it because it announces a reward. Yep. But people forget to move on to the avoid. Yep. And that's that's where the magic happens. Mm. That's that's the nuance. 
Well, that's when a that's when a dog is truly operant. Yeah, and it understands it. It understands what consequences truly are. Yeah, but there's a, you know, this is the crux of what I'm teaching people. If you want to come to a seminar, this is like you, we go through this in extreme detail. But this mm. is how you balance that: keeping the dog, avoiding a high consequence. And staying totally motivated. Yep. And when he makes mistakes, experiencing that high consequence and getting more motivated by it rather than shutting down. Mm. That's the magic of the of the modern dog training in, in being able to do that. There's loads of people that can give the dog a high consequence and just fuck him up. There's Yeah, but can, that's squashing, not building. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And keep a dog like or activate a dog with something that appears the same as that consequence before he even has the opportunity to make a mistake. You can announce to your dog. I put a video about this recently up on the Facebook page that I can announce to my dog an extreme value reinforcer by showing him an extreme value pressure. Yep. And he knows, okay, because you did that, ergo you will do this. Yep. And therefore I should match my output in order to earn that reward. Mm. And it's quite simple. Well, there's a lot to understand at the back end of it, you know, which is two days of me it's, teaching. It's it. simple to explain, but it's <laughs> it's difficult to put in yeah. in uh, into practicality like, into practicality to get your timing right and yeah. to be able to read the dog at the same time while you're controlling everything that's going on. Yeah, I think when I first did the school with Bart, that was the thing. Like I said, I've said it on another episode. Bart was talking about learning theory, and I thought I teach this to people, but then he started saying some of the like he started to getting into the deep levels of Napopo, and I thought, ah, oh, shit. You know, this is the stuff that I really need to stop overthinking and listen to what Bart's saying because this is where the real magic of Napopo starts to work. And, yeah. And he is a Jedi master at that sort of stuff. Yeah. People understand it in chunks. Where a lot of people go wrong is being able to put it all together. Mm. And It's the deep layers that are easy to misinterpret. Yeah. And so many people rush too soon to like think, oh, I'm going to activate my dog with this pressure and all they do is shut their dog down with yep. the pressure. That's where there's a formula to that to avoid that ever happening. Yep. Um, and you have to be careful and learn it properly. Mm. That's all. You can learn that. You, the listener I'm talking to. Mm. You just need someone to show you. Yeah. And that's what your job is doing is you interpret it well and you yeah, can I show people. Yeah, I understand that pretty well. Yep. Actually got a pretty full card of seminars this year, which I'm super excited to do. I know. Really cool. very, very excited. I mean- um, Brisbane next month, Tasmania month after, America month after that, then back to America a month after that, then then we got Canada and Melbourne, 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 then Melbourne again a few months later with something else, and mm. then Canada, and then, then possibly America Texas, again. yeah, which is America, yeah. So yeah. anyway, it's a full car. There's plenty of things out there. I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. I know. It's cool. I love teaching it. I, I truly. I fucking dig doing it. And this is why I'm enjoying one of the big things back to sort of talking community and this, like when I, like, you know, we had a bit of a whinge at the start saying, oh, people asking too much advice and we give away a lot of advice, but a lot of people are booking in sessions with me and I, I, I love doing it. I've met so many people from all over the, all over the world mm. and talking to them and, and getting to explain this shit. And every time I explain it, I feel like I get better at explaining it. And then exactly like we talked about with Michael Ellis, the more times I explain it and someone doesn't get it and I go, okay, I have to find a new way. I can explain that a different way that you'll understand it. Change the way I do business now. I'm like doing these Skype calls in front of a whiteboard, yep. which has revolutionized how I'm doing that. That's so much better being mm. able, like, I realize what the fuck do people need to stare at my ugly face for? Like I should pan this thing out so yep. that they, they can just barely see me, but they can see the whiteboard. They don't need to be looking at my bearded mug. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it actually. Mm. 
and it just gives me opportunity. Maybe they to... want you to wink at them or <laughs> lick your lips and. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's not the service I'm offering. I mean, I'm happy to offer that service, but it's just it's it's a different price rate. It's much cheaper. <laughs> but what I'm loving about that is they're they're people who want to hear that, like because when I'm dealing with someone, when you're just dealing locally, you're dealing with people's pets, and they're you know addressing a problem and you're trying to give them this high level info and they kind of resist it a little bit. Mm. Uh, whereas the people I'm dealing with on Skype and giving these lessons to are killing themselves for this information. So it's great. I'm, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. And that, you know, I can't stress enough how thankful I am for the podcast and everything and that it's given me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. There, I think there's two people who really made a difference to my, my excitement in training mm. and that was Bart and Esther. Yeah. They're the two people I mean, there's a lot quite of quite different styles as well. Quite which different is styles, but it's just it's their knowledge about deep level training. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that you you kind of look at. They've developed to steal Jay's word, developed their shtick around it. Mm. Like you look at Forrest with his healing, Forrest mm. Mickey with his healing work, and so forth. There's people that you just look at and say, "Wow, you've really got a handle on that type of thing. That's mm. your field." But it was really spending time with Bart and getting into the nitty gritty of it. And the same thing with Esther, you know, like hearing her take on theory and things that we would often avoid in training and um, things that her and Hans will say, no, no, that's not what you avoid. They're things that you channel into behavior. Like Mm. you start teaching the dog, I can start controlling the way you behave by giving you access to those things Mm. and making it part of a reinforcement cycle. It's very, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing how much time and how much effort they've put into thinking about that to a very, very significant point. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just thinking, and I think about it every time you, you sort of bring up all those people is the key to people who are real pillars in our industry. Forrest is a great example, but as to all those people, but Forrest, especially as a presenter, one of the things I just love about the way he does is he credits all his mentors yeah. and not even just his mentors. Like he might have like a cool trick and he'll say, oh, I read that in this book written by this person and people some some people i see in this industry really resist that they resist crediting people and they want to in like pretend that they have the magic knowledge given to them by the magic tablets that only they can read you know and the problem that you face then is you can't be if you've established to your group of people that you're the guy and no one else knows anything or no one else knows anything better than you and you're the best in the world well as things progress and people do figure out more stuff you can't go to their event you can't you can't learn from anybody else because that undermines your brand. If your brand is, I'm the guy, no one else knows anything better than me. Yeah, I think you said this in the last session and I totally agree. And I was thinking about that during the week and there are there are a lot of men and women in the industry who are doing that. Like they will not give credit to other people. Yeah. Like there's things, and, and not to sound egotistical about it, but there's things that I've helped people with before and I've, I've heard them regurgitate it and they won't give me credit for yeah. it. <laughs> you know, and I, I feel, yeah. I won't lie, you feel a little bit, hurt by it like you think fuck i gave you that like i'm the one who gave you that but they will never give you credit for it and you just got to expect well maybe they don't respect you enough to to give you credit for it it you do yourself a a disservice when you don't credit people because it it means that you're no longer able to go and learn from people if you're you know dropping awesome knowledge bombs like i say a lot of stuff on this podcast that i think is quite relevant to a lot of people and i think people feel the same way because they're employing me to tell it to them again Mm. But I always, I didn't make any of this shit up. I was taught it by by someone else. Same. And the more that you acknowledge that, the more you're then free and open to learn more 
and change your mind on things you you said in the past. So, you know, you can go to, you can be seen to go to events and you can keep your knowledge up to date and you can get excited about learning more. Whereas if you've locked yourself into a corner and saying to your group, your students, no, this is it, I'm the guy. And when you say someone else is wrong, that that is also like a, a trap that people can fall into. Mm. You know, like when you say, oh, that, you know, that may or may not work. This is how I do it. That's not necessarily good or bad, but this is a way, this is my way. I encourage people to go and like, all, like even my own clients who are, you know, saying I want to go in this direction. I say, you know, look, link up with this person. This is it. Here's one example off the top of my head. Kirsten, you know, Kirsten Kindly. I've got to learn how to say it. Is it Kindly. Kirsten? Kirsten Kindly. Yep. We share a client. Like they were actually, they were from a Steph who was a walk, was walking this dog then had some reactivity issues and I dealt with that. And now they want to go and do like agility and some nose work stuff. And, and I think they're going to board with, with Kirsten. So it's like, there's no issues there. We just sort of the same client has bounced around us and we all talk to each other and you know, it, the dog's going to stay with Kirsten. So I call her yesterday and say, Hey, this is what we're working on. Can you stick with this? Like you got to have that. Like, don't be jealous. No, that's right. Yeah, you mm. can't do that. And like, of course- Shrug they, your ego. Don't be jealous. Yeah. but So when they said to me, oh, we're going to go to um, Kirsten's agility class, I was like, cool. Like, awesome. Go to it. Like, that'd be rad. Mm. If they said to me one day, if they didn't mention her name and said, can you teach us agility stuff? I would say like, yeah, I can teach you the fundamentals. I'm not an agility person, but I can teach you a dog how to get to jump stuff. But then when I hear that they're going to her class, I'm like, rad, go to it. That's mm. fantastic. Like, there's no- It doesn't serve me- or the community to to try and close them off yep. to say no 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 don't go to her I can do that better whether I can or can't doesn't matter like it, it's a it, it just saying that out loud doesn't serve me because it like a real anyone with half a brain is going to go hmm me thinks that uh, you do the protest too much like maybe they are better or maybe you're just trying not to you're trying to get all of our money out of us mm. right but then also. It doesn't serve the community because all this stuff, it just travels around. We all have to be cooperative with each other or we're fucked. Mm. That's what we, you know, that's probably the, that's the, that's the tagline I'm going to put on the the Instagram. We have to be cooperative with each other or we're fucked. (laughs) It's like Bart's, one of Bart's famous saying in dog training, you must remain unfucked. Stay unfucked. Stay unfucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Look, I used to find that when I was a younger guy, I found that a bit of pill to swallow Mm. because it was ego and it was jealousy and I won't lie, there's still times where you, you see things and you think, oh, that's unjust. You know, why didn't I get that um, sort of thing? And that's why I say, you know, sometimes people will regurgitate your material and they won't credit you. And you think, why won't you just say that I got this off such and such? Mm. You know, but some people just won't do it. You know, and they can't be held accountable for it. You can't ring them up and say, hey, you must give me credit for that. Mm. You didn't trademark it. And there's good, there's possibility in that you've regurgitated it from someone else. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I um, I would say 90s, the high 90% of what I know I've got from other people. Yeah. And I've wrapped my own understanding and experience and time around that. But the, the exciting thing is, is that I do get to learn from other people. I do get to continue to shape my learning progress through other people's hard work mm. and their diligence in getting out there and experimenting and, and being vigorous and energetic in what they're doing i mean i've gained so much from people's experimentation i can't thank them enough Mm. for what you know past and present people some of my mentors who are are physical people who actually know they're friends of mine i've mentioned them many times on the show and people that i've 
never met in my life, but I've read their books or watched, you know, form material that they put out there. Mm. It's their material that I've gained great knowledge and experience from. And the community is benefiting from this as well. Yeah. It's a broad reaching database that we can all dip into. Yeah. I can't add to that. <laughs> That's it. You, you summarized it perfectly. I reckon we wrap it up. I think that we've we've said we said um, what we need to say on this. Yeah, episode. that's what we wanted to say. That community thing. We, look, I think that when we were discussing what are we going to discuss, we had a, a broad stroke of only acknowledging our online community. The support that we're getting for the podcast has been amazing. Thank you very much. Continue to share it and, and engage with us as much as you can. And forgive us if we can't answer all your questions. But as I say, through Patreon, we intend to find a way to do that. And I want your feedback Please give us feedback on how that might look. Like, as I said, one of the ideas that I had mm. was to maybe every mm. two weeks or something go live in Patreon in front of a whiteboard and address specific questions. And I'm prepared to do that. We can set that up as, um, you know, whether we, we make that a different tier or whatever. I don't know. Let's hear your feedback on what we'll do. Let us know because we want to keep providing this information. And the best way to do that is through Patreon where we can control who it goes to and also it allows us to charge a very small amount and you know crowdsource the hours time that i can then allocate to it hey uh, something i just before we do our final wrap up mm. something i did want to mention giving credit to other people is that both you and i've just been interviewed with chad's podcast something oh, yeah. to bark yeah, about i did that last year yeah you did it last year i did one at the start of the year i was listening I've loved some of the interviews he's done. He just did mm -hmm. one recently with Jason Cohen. Mm -hmm. But I really, really, it, and it just resonated with me, I love the one that he did with Josh Moran. Mm -hmm. The two of them were philosophizing about life and training. And mm -hmm. it was, if you haven't heard that podcast, go on, just have a listen to that. Like that one, if you haven't heard his podcast before, I'd recommend listening to it anyway. It's a great podcast series. Mm -hmm. Chad has got um, one of the best vernaculars in in training that I've in explaining things that I've heard sometimes. I mean, I get a lot of good ideas from things that he's saying. Mm -hmm. Like he, without blowing smoke up the guy's ass, he inspires me to use better words when I'm explaining things. Mm. He's one of the people I listen to when I think, shit, he's got a really good explanation on that. Yeah. I can picture you now sort of Chad on one side of you and Josh on the other with you hanging on to both their pockets. I know. it's It <laughs> kind of got that way. Along. Well, it's... It, 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 it wasn't for any other reason that I just I was um I was sitting in the room and I I switched it on to listen to it. I mean Chad's very vocal about the fact that I help him improve his sound on the podcast. Mm. He was actually very Which by the way, the interview I did with Chad, I was so sick and I coughed the whole way through it and nary did I hear a cough went through it. He managed to edit all those out. So Yeah, well he's credit I mean, to you both. Well, credit to Chad because he's taken the information and he's taken it one step further and he's actually enjoying his editing process. Yeah. But he went out and bought a new board and, and uh, helped improve the sound quality of his show. But yeah. him and I talked about that extensively last year towards the end of the year when he wrapped up um, dog training conversations with, with Jay and he was getting into it himself and having to do it himself. But the sound quality is much better, which I complimented him on. But I, as I said, getting back to that original interview, I really love the way the two guys shot the shit together. They really... They bounced off each other really well and it had a good message in it. And have you heard it? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, loved it. I really enjoyed it. It was um, it was a good interview and I, I appreciated it. Yeah, it was good. Mm. It was excellent. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. 
Hey, we just talked about a bunch of seminars that are coming up for myself this year. If you're interested in doing those, uh, Eric, name them and shame them. Yeah, well, they're on. I don't have my book in front of me with all the things, so they're on my website. They're all listed there. So if you go Opera to com dot au, and there's a seminars tab, and in that seminars tab, there's a list of events, then you can check them all out. But basically, at some stage this year, I'm doing you know sort of all of the Eastern Seaboard of Australia, and you know, hitting most of the major sort of areas of, of America, mm. which is pretty cool. So thank you to the people that are organizing that. And thank you even more to the people that are attending. But if you're interested in coming to one of those events, like obviously they're all, the booking is all done through the hosts of the seminars. So I, I can't, I can't rattle off all those off the top of my head, but they're all on the website there. Hey, it's so really cool out. that some seminars are happening on their other side of the Pacific this time, isn't it? So you usually we're bringing people over yeah. here and it's really nice to see that America are embracing yep. us for our intelligence. Uh, and <laughs> intelligence. Well, it's our ability to our ability. talk about dogs. Yeah, but you go back 10 years and that wouldn't have been the case. Mm. You know, people wouldn't have reached out to other trainers. And I, I think that... I think it's this medium that we have to thank for that and that people have the opportunity to mm. to listen to what we have to say and go, hey, I like what he's got to say. I can see videos of his dog. He obviously can do what he's talking about. There are some remarkable trainers in Australia. Yeah, phenomenal. There, there yeah. are some people that our listeners would never have heard about, which we're going to bring them to light in future shows. Mm -hmm. There's a close personal friend of ours, Michelle Dentures. Mm. Um, have you spoken to her? Yeah, have. She wants to be on the show. Sweet. She's a officer with Victorian Police uh, in the dog squad mm -hmm. and a former trainer with uh, Australian Dog Training, which was the school that I was mm -hmm. yeah, heavily involved in. She's just an awesome lady, yep. great trainer, great handler, and uh, we're going to have a conversation about her and her career and everything like that. So cool. looking forward to that in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. But like I said, there's a showcase of amazing people and amazing talent in this. And, you know, like I'm really stoked that you're going over to do a lot of these seminars. That, yeah, that's That's great. really... Like that's inspiring. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. inspiring for us as a country as well. Yeah. Well, I'm really super happy to do it. And again, mm. thank you to everybody that has um, reached out to organize that. And if you anybody else wants to, you can go ahead. There's our shameless plug for me again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. And the plan is to, when we're doing these things, as much as possible, take the show on the road. Like we'll, you know, I'll dial in to Glenn. It, you'll just be here boarding dogs <laughs> I'll dial in and, and we'll do some shows as we as we go around so it should be fun and exciting and I want to start I bought a little recorder thing so that I can start you know talking to more people and getting getting that info and mm. we'll see how that looks we'll see whether that's Patreon content that we put out and whether we can change a format of that who knows who knows we, we'd Give us your feedback. We want to hear what you want to hear from what you would like to hear and see and, and have us do yep all right that's it for another episode of the Canine Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe. Do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. Doing that really helps us spread the word, get in touch with more people, and continue to build the community that we've just talked about so much. Yeah, tell a friend. If you want to get in contact with us, do that via Facebook. We are The Canine Paradigm on Facebook. Shoot us a message. Like I said, be careful. We often miss messages. It's a shitty platform for receiving messages, but it's the best we've got. So if we haven't got back to you about something, just harass us again. Um, it's not that we're ignoring you. It's that we've missed it. That's it. Music. Music.